The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, Architect listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only magazine for mature adults in Northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today, and also thanking those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Also, thanking those who might be listening via the Radio Pup application on their Apple and Android devices. In a few minutes, we're going to talk about days in the past, those common items of the past that you and I used compared to the compared to them. To Today that we might be still using, but probably not. So stay tuned to this show for some very cherished memories of the past that you and I and your loved ones experience. It is Saturday, March the 18th, and we're broadcasting our radio show today for the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling calls and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the March issue of the Best of Times at one of our five. 122 distribution locations. We thank you for the many compliments about a magazine. We do appreciate hearing from you. Remember, if you're unable to find a copy, you can log on to our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view current and past issues. Also, at many of our, not all of them, but many of our 522 distribution locations, we do have copies of the new edition of our Silver Pages. That's our 2017 edition of this most popular senior resource directory in Northwest Louisiana. It has major updates and major changes. Uh, so be sure to pick up a free copy at one of our 522 distribution locations. If you're unable to find one of those copies, you can always go online and download it and view it from our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com. The inaugural crawfish at Betty Virginia Park will take place on March the 25th from 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. in Shreveport. Of course, free admission. Crawfish will be boiled on site. And uh, there will be lots of beer, burgers, sodas, and concessions. Live music will take place throughout the event from 11 a.m. again to 7 p.m. AERP defensive driving classes are resuming in northwest Louisiana. These classes are available for those 55 years or older who wish to uh, obtain or renew their AERP defensive driving class certification. The Bossier Council on Aging will be hosting these classes on certain dates in 2017. The upcoming date is April the 19th, May the 17th, and June the 21st. If you're interested in attending, you must RSVP by calling 741-8302. That's 741-8302. There is a limit of 25 people per class, so make your reservation as soon as possible. I was advised to tell you that walk-ins cannot be accepted due to space limitations and the printed materials. Make plans to attend the Senior Health and Fitness Fair that will take place on Wednesday, March the 29th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at River Hall, Riverview Hall Convention Center in downtown Shreveport. Of course, free admission for persons of all ages. We will have the opening ceremonies of the 2017 Senior Olympics. Lots of uh, entertainment and fun, free health screenings, information from over 60 exhibitors, as, as well as you will be able to obtain free copies of the Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory and, of course, our March 
March issue of The Best of Times. Remember, mark your calendars to bring your family and friends on Wednesday, March the 29th from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Riverview Hall in downtown Shreveport. Our friends at Stage Center will be present the wonderful musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat at the Emma Hook Center beginning on March the 23rd through April 1st. From information and tickets, do call 218-9978. Tonight at the Strand Theater in downtown Shreveport, the Black Jacket Symphony will be presenting Michael Jackson's Thriller at 8 p.m. Tickets are available by calling 226-8555. That's 226-8555. Or they are available at the box office door. On Sunday, March the 26th, GenCom, the Genealogical Computer Society, will host its monthly meeting at 2 p.m. at the Broadmoor Library. Of course, readmission to the public. For more information, do call 377-6394. The Arklatex Genealogical Association will host its spring seminar on Saturday, April the 1st from 9 a.m. to 3.30 p.m. at St. Jude Catholic Center in Benton, Louisiana. Registration is $40 and does include lunch for reservations. And information do call 746-1851 at 746-1851. Remember to visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com for listing of announcements made during today's radio show, as well as information about upcoming events, activities, and news that you could use. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by Abers, Sunday Country of Shreveport, your Christ the Ram and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Caligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bear, Standing Country at Freeport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Caligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show is a very special guest, is Mr. Ernie Robertson, who is widely known as a memorabilia collector, history buff, and what else, Ernie? <laughs> well, a collector of postcards, scrapbooks, and anything relating to Shreveport. Anything related to Shreveport, but also other places, right? Other places, too, but I, and a lot of things in Shreveport that are kind of obscure, uh, like uh, Shreveport's first uh, Big Nick Coffee House. And uh, and also, you're a big advocate of Remembering Shreveport Win. Remembering Shreveport Win. And, and you and participated uh, in that two functions that I help also. But I you, appreciate But that, you yeah. were the, the one of the big uh, leading exhibitors and presenters and memorabilia displayer. Yeah, I enjoyed every minute of it. And, uh, <laughs> and, I, and I tried to buy a lot of things, but my wife <laughs> vetoed it. She says, Gary, I think we have one of those in the box somewhere That's in right. the storeroom. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, when we went through the storeroom, Ernie, I found some of it was there. It was there. <laughs> it, it, was, was there. it was there. So uh, I noticed why, why I decided to bring Ernie on the show today because I, I love your Facebook posts. And I'm, not a, I'm not a big Facebook fan. I had somebody yesterday saying, Gary, why don't you comment? As, we see you on Facebook occasionally, but you never comment. And I said, well, I don't know if I should or shouldn't. So, you know, that's another another story. But I, I love yours, and sometimes I do comment. I said, I've got one of those. I know what that is. So <laughs> I, I've been fascinated. And I said, you know, I think my listeners would like to go back in history and go back in those days in the 50s, 60s, and 70s to talk about some of those common things of the past that we, you know, that we have, that we remember. Some of us are throwing away, sadly, uh, trash, recycled, giving to charity. Uh, also, I've been seeing them at various rummage sales and estate sales, but some companies are now starting to sell those things online. They are, and uh, a lot of the items that uh, you pick up at estate sales wind up being 
uh, online, uh, selling somewhere else, somebody, a, a dealer might pick them up. And one of the things you mentioned brought back a memory while I was sitting here. You mentioned <laughs> Betty Virginia Park. Yeah. And I've had more people ask me, do you remember the rocket? Yes. That was at Betty Virginia oh, yes, Park. Yes, yes, And uh, there was a you know, That was break. the day we all had to climb the rocket. Had to climb the rocket. And go inside the, yes. Yep, that had was... to go inside the rocket. And, I, and what I happened to it? Uh, the rocket went away. I think it was in that era whenever uh, they started deciding some of those things we were climbing on were not that safe. And so they decided to do away with the rocket. And I don't know what it's called, the spinner yeah, thing. Yeah, the spinner thing that we used to have them at Ford Park, too. And invariably, somebody's going to get their leg caught under but it or I something. But I remember going on that like every time I went out there, oh, the yeah. rocket and that, and we would just, you know, dangle and yeah. not, wear a, not wear a helmet or anything. No, we are actually out there uh, braving our lives. And nothing, <laughs> most of us survived. And we did. And one other thing I thought of uh, whenever we were talking about this was the Mildred Street Playground which is now a community-type garden. Oh, okay. Over, okay. over Mildred Street actually yes. got absorbed into Olive, right. which runs in the southern. At that little corner, it's right. southern and olive, olive, was the Mildred Street playground back in the uh, 20s, whenever they started basically parks in the yeah. airport. And, uh, you know, it, hey, we're having a recycle, right? You might say that. That's right. That's the way we look at it. Recycling. Well, let's talk. Let's. I, I've tried to outline this, but we're going to, you know, Ernie and I love to chat. So <laughs> we're going to probably go off in tangents, and my producer is going to say, you know, he's not following He's not following an outline here. Well, hopefully our listeners are, are taking notes, and they're going to say, well, I've got one of those. Uh, let's talk about record players and LP albums. Oh. Do you remember back in those days? Oh, I remember. I had a Bozo record player. I don't know. If anybody else had one, had a picture of Bozo or something, a little clown on the inside, and it played, uh, I think mine only played 45s, it might have played a 33, but I played 45s when I was a little kid. Uh, uh, I remember mine was in like in a box, and yeah. it had a lid, it was that, that the was same, the same that, thing. The same yeah. thing, and, and Elvis up. Presley had one out, as a matter of wow. fact, I actually owned one at one time, uh, but you know, having to put my son through college, uh, I went ahead and sold that, but I found it at a, a garage sale. Locally, and it was an Elvis Presley signature, uh, 45. And, and, uh, I was telling, I think it was in our, I think it's in a March issue, right? To say I don't know everything in our March issue, but I think one of the trivia items was asking about 70, the 78s. Mm-hmm. And a lot of young people, what? They have no clue what, what a 78 is. a 78? And it was really very, very fragile. That was another thing about a 78. And, uh, they were, uh, it was thick. I can remember that. I oh, have some of them. I do, too. My dad left uh, quite a collection of them, and I kept them. And, uh, and really, the 78s were probably in the heyday of radio before rock and roll really came around. But rock and roll was first recorded on 78s. Okay, I didn't know Sun that. Record Company uh, put out a lot of 78s with Elvis on it and some of the other early guys with Sun. Well, my dad loved classical music. And so he would, he had, when I was growing up, really, in 1950, I was born. So I remember these tremendous albums of 78s mm-hmm. that had different symphony orchestras all over the world. They were all in, and they weighed a ton. <laughs> the whole album, like, had, had like 10 albums. And, they, and it, was like, it was like, golly. And, and the record player had a special. If I recall, some kind of special needle to read to it play. You, you couldn't just read an ordinary needle. No, no. And those needles, uh, I remember, whenever they wore down, they would literally cut into the record. Is the way I remember. It. We had to we had to get another needle. And we went to one of the obscure kind of uh, offbeat, other than Stan's record <laughs> shop. Stan's my buddy, but yeah. we would go to another place called Crawford Priest. 
uh, music shop at Portland and uh, Lakeshore, which was across from the Venus Theater. Okay. For the listeners, a lot yes. of folks always remember the, the Venus, Venus Theater. Venus yes. Theater, and uh, and Lakeshore was originally called Fetzer, by the way. And why did they change it? Uh, it just somewhere down the road, Fetzer didn't meet, uh, meet what was going on, and Mr. Fetzer owned a bunch of property out there is what it was, and the street was named after him, so he oh. agreed to change it to Lakeshore. Well, it, you know, that's a sad thing. Yeah. We keep changing names. Like, yeah. and some, of our, some of our streets have multiple names along the same street. They right? have. Yeah, they, they change from Southfield, Pyramid, whatever that... Uh, Hollywood to whatever it was in between. I remember years ago, my wife came in and said, did they just get confused in our city? Did, they just, <laughs> I, I said, it must have been a political decision. I don't know. I, I can't tell you, Tina, what happened there. But no, and then and then involved the record players in the album, the 45. And uh, I showed my son a spindle. He said, what is that for? I said, well, mm-hmm. we had to put those inside of that so we could play that on the regular record player that didn't. He said, well, Dad, didn't they just have like an apparatus you put on there? Yes, they did. But if you wanted just to play one record real fast, that's how you would play it. Play it. And if you were really smart, you left it in there. It was a lot easier when they got the plastic spindles yes. to just leave them in the record, and that way you didn't have to worry about it. But that was big bucks. That was big bucks, and I think a whole packet of those little... Uh, and there's a name for them. I've forgotten what yeah, the name is. There's a name for them, but those little round discs, uh, I think they were like 59 cents or something at TG&Y. And, and, and back then, you know, that was... That was that, good money. That was, that was a lot of bottles. That was not a lot of... <laughs> very good, very good. But I do recall my parents that I had a bunch of 45s bought me this apparatus that would put on their record player in the... That would... It was like a, a, a tube. And it would hold all mm-hmm. the 45s and it would drop and you wouldn't have to worry. wouldn't worry about the spindle. You wouldn't could, worry about it. And spindle. I could play and I could play them. But you know, but you didn't have to flip them over to play on the backside, which, you know, our, our kids and grandkids today said, what? No, it what? didn't automatically play the backside? No. 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 And sometimes the B side wound up being more popular than the A side. That's correct. That is correct. I can think of a few of those. Yep. Okay, so then we have let's involve about more electronics, which I, I'm fascinated because um, I'm, I'm going to talk about some of these, uh, and I know that you had one. The crystal radios. You remember those? <laughs> Connecting the crystal radio to the barbed wire fence? Oh, absolutely. I lived in Shreve Island, and we had a lot of barbed wire fences. I had great reception of my crystal radio. <laughs> well, we didn't have that great a reception. I, I remember uh, uh, one we tried to put together, the neighborhood boys, and we we're uh, I guess we were in Rex's... Uh, uh, little uh, garage room, and we were trying to put that thing together, and we worked on it for I know an hour, and it never would bring in anything. anything? And uh, and really, another thing uh, was TV reception. Right. Yeah. We've talked about that before, but TV reception uh, sometimes, you know, it took a lot more in rabbit ears. It took some magic aluminum to get foil? that aluminum foil. foil? They're just right, right. and aluminum to turn foil. it just a certain way. And the Saturday afternoon game of the week with Dizzy oh, Dean, yes, Pee yes. Wee Reese. Sometimes they'd get a little snowy there while you were watching it, and you'd have to go adjust everything and get that black and white TV set because we didn't have color. That's right. I mean, and of course, I'm sure it was the towers were so high and the, and the beaming, no telling a, a bird flocked or airplanes blocked the view or something blocked the direct point from your television. It was Just think about it. It was broadcasting to hundreds of thousands of people in the area. Right. And uh, your reception may be deviated by something you, you never know what, right? Right. And another thing, too, that uh, comes back to mind while you're talking about that is uh, in the old phone books, and I, I've had some that were in the early 50s, you will find one of the most booming businesses in Shreveport was to be a TV repairman. I'm glad you brought that up. Because yep. there were 
at first you were radio repairman like a Buster Carmack was one and Mr. Carmack was really good and so he moved into the TV business and then you've got all these other guys who show up I mean literally within a year of whenever uh, TVs become hot commodities in 55 let's say and all of a sudden you've got these guys who are now TV repairmen and uh, of course in those days uh, everything was tube oriented and, and it wasn't like it is now. And you're, you're, you're right. Let me give you a quick Gary story here. So I was growing up in Shreve Island, but my cousin lived on Greenway Place near in Broadmoor area. And he was quite a few years older than me. And But he decided to take a TV repair course and became a TV repairman and went to visit people's homes. And so I learned from him. And he had thousands and thousands of tubes, all shapes, sizes. <laughs> and, and it was fascinating going in there and... and they're, the way they tested them was so antiquated. <laughs> but at least it worked. I mean, you, you keep pulling a tube out, replacing it, pulling a tube out. They would, you know, do some quasi-tests, but that's the way. And after a while, boop, it popped back on. And they, they, the people were just like, I remember going with my cousin to some of these early, and they would, like, praise him. Like he was like the doctor <laughs> to solve their problem. The television wasn't working for a week, and he came in there and, and solved the problem. And he could have charged anything. He could really have charged anything because these people were so elated that their television that they thought they were going to have to throw away, now is working. Yeah, well, it was good money, too, back then. It, I mean, that it was, was lots say, of good, good money. money. And one other thing, if you remember back to the old Philobill and then the early Packasacks, all had tube testers in them. Yes. Where you'd take your tubes in and test it yourself to see if the tube that. was bad or not. And the prize possession now, and a lot of uh, their guys that buy uh, at estate sales, you'll see a lot of guys that are buying electronic equipment, and the prize possession is to find somebody that still has some of the old tubes. Oh, That's quite a hot commodity. Oh, my uh, word. And I had a bunch of those. My wife made yeah. me throw those away like oh. like 15 years ago because my cousin gave me everything. And I had the whole set, including the testers and all the equipment. And I, do, I don't know who I gave it to. It must have gave it to somebody. <laughs> okay. Tina will remember that now. <laughs> but, no, but radios have, have evolved even when we were in the 50s and 60s. When I remember and I was like the, the crystal radio then, I remember getting my first portable radio mm-hmm. that only picked up AM. I think it was. Like a transistor? Yeah, transistor, transistor radio. radio, yeah, and you know it was like wow, had you know barely could pick up anything, and then we got you know we moved into larger radios, etc. But let me, let me tell you that I don't know if you had it. Did you ever have do shortwave radios? Uh, I didn't, but I had a very good friend who uh, uh, was in the shortwave, and his dad was into ham. Okay, and there were a lot of ham operators mm-hmm. not far from where we lived, and every once in a while they'd bleed through. You know, oh, yeah. you'd be watching gun oh, yeah. smoke because the power because they weren't regulated on how much <laughs> power they could they could transmit. Well, my father surprised me when I was I think fourteen or fifty, maybe earlier than that. He surprised me because he found a uh, gentleman not in Shreveport, actually in Dallas, that sold Hallicrafters shortwave. They were the most innovative, the most expensive shortwave radio in 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 the world. I mean, these were massive units, but. He wanted to get me to buy the transmitter, but I only got the receiver. So he, Dad didn't agree. He didn't think I should be broadcasting, you know, at 14 yeah. on a ham. So, but he bought me this uh, remarkable uh, transistor radio. So here's the rest of the story. So we, we installed it, and my dad was helping me. And I was fascinated just with the simple little antenna we could pick up, you know, places all over the United States and in, in Latin America. I mean, couldn't understand them, but sometimes you would pick up American stations. So my, my dad contacted this gentleman. 
gentleman uh, in, in Dallas and said, well, how can my son pick up more like world? He said, we have to build an antenna on top of your house, a wired antenna. And he sent us, uh, mailed us some diagrams how to do it. So we ended up doing this, making a massive, it wasn't tall, it was a long wired H antenna designed to pick up shortwave frequencies throughout the world. So we did that, and then I started picking up Russia, Germany, England, and I don't know if you knew back then, and this was back in the 65, uh, 62, and I would, I would, you would pick up these stations and they would give you their address and call sign and to, to confirm you right. received them, you'd send in QSL cards. QSL cards, I was going to say, yeah. And I did I've seen it. those, yeah. And I wish I kept all of them, but I I made a point to contact them and send notices that I received and they would in turn respond and send you back information from their country and station. So guess what Gary would be receiving and it was scrutinized by the State Department. <laughs> this was from uh, East Germany? East Germany, <laughs> Russia, Czechoslovakia, all the communist countries, and it would be marked on there, Ernie. This has been scrutinized and read by the United States State Department. Oh, my gosh. Every piece of mail. And they would send me, like, maps and everything in English, and, and they would send indoctrination stuff about the communist country. And I mean, I remember one of them enticed us, enticed me and my parents, why don't you come visit? Now, the rest of the story there, Dad would not set foot. He hated communism. He wrote negatively <laughs> because he was part of communism back in the, the early uh, 1917 through 1939. He was involved and left the country and came to America. That's another sidebar. So I'm telling you, I was like worried that they're going to knock on our door and say, you're getting too many cards and letters from all these communist countries. But I collected, I must have a complete wall of, of various wow. countries throughout the world. But, you know, those things, you know, right now they instantaneously, they, you know, they've Skyped to, Skyped to Russia and Skyped to Greece and all that. So, it, you know, that was, that was some really cool days about, uh, but, you know, radios have involved. I mean, I can think of, how many radios did you have in your lifetime, beginning of the first radio and hundred different, you know, the technology of that was changed like every year. I don't know. I, I have no clue how many we had, but I, I can tell you that they were on other devices. Yeah. You know, they're going to be on your stereo. Uh, they, of course, they're going to be in your car, right. but uh, they're going to be everywhere else. There used to be a radio. There isn't a radio anymore there, but I'm not sure the radio isn't just as popular as it ever was. And the reason it is, we're going to mention that. It is. It is. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, so we'll be right back with more information. But now, a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by Abers, Tennessee Country at Freeport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A-Bear, Stunning Country at Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show today is Mr. Ernie Robertson, who is a widely known memorabilia collector and history buff in our area. And we, we've already started discussing, reminiscing about those good old days of common things that you and I both had, desired, challenged to get from others, try to sneak it from others and borrow it and never return it, right? <laughs> well, that was the idea, but I mean, you right. did want to return some of them. But let me talk about four-track tape. Okay. For, four those, for those who are four-track and who have track. white hair, uh, four-track tapes actually came into being around 65-ish here right. locally in Madman Months, mm-hmm. if you remember that far back, yep. over, I think uh, the local guy was uh, at 
Cape City, which is across from Merle's over on East Kings Highway. Went there. And, and I had my little four-track put in. And a four-track, for those of you who don't know it, uh, was about half the size of an eight-track, as a matter of fact. Might be the best way mm-hmm. to say it. It's like a little cart in the radio world. And... Uh, Anyway, we had four tracks. Those started getting stolen out of cars. Correct. And uh, Commissioner Dartois brought that up, and then mine was out the window. And uh, <laughs> so anyway, uh, then we got to, to a track, and a friend of mine who's been around car world and racing and everything else said that he actually installed a 45-player Oh. I mean, a record player in his car rather than have the tapes before they came along. So I don't know how you did it, but he said he did it. And uh, I just wanted to bring that up, Gary, because it talks about the word tape. Tape. You know, when we were in elementary school, tape was scotch tape, right. paper tape. then Masking right, tape. Right, masking tape. Thank goodness we get to duct tape on down the road to repair everything around the house. But then we got into uh, tape recorders. Right. And then we got into tape in the form of recording images, right? and we had videotape, and then it became a verb. Let's go tape something if you were in the media world, correct? or let's do a tape, right. and now we don't do that. There is no do a tape. Digital tape? It's digital. Digital, digital tape. There, the tape loads digital. That's form. right. I mean, when I went to tech, we had a digital tapes that would load all the data instead of punch cards. Mm-hmm. It was loaded onto tape, and it was fragile, and if you bit that tape, you best up your data. Well, one of the uh, reporters came in to do a, uh, an interview with me and pulled out her cell phone. I said, how are you going to do it on your cell phone? That's not broadcast quality. She said, the new, I won't say which version, but it happens to be a version <laughs> of a particular cell phone. She said, this is broadcast quality. I didn't know that. And wow. turned around and showed it to me when we got through. I said, it is broadcast quality. <laughs> My gracious. So uh, we've come a long way in our lives. We have. We're seeing everything taped. And it used to be you had to have a brownie camera. Oh yes, that's where the, the whole. Oh yes, that's where the whole story was going. The, so let's 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 get into cameras. You know, that camera. I, I actually have one. Uh, not probably not the original one, but I do have the box camera, and mm-hmm. I loved it. It was one of my first cameras. But it, I didn't get one many years later. My dad wanted to do video. He bought a video, Super 8 video, regular 8. It wasn't even Super 8. Then we eventually got but But you're talking about cameras, the, the technology and that, and uh, I mean having to develop it. Do you remember the first Polaroid? What about that? Oh, the first Polaroids. And I remember, too, with the uh, uh, they went to variations of those Polaroids where... The developing time got quicker and quicker and quicker, but the key was one day Polaroid was gone. Yep. The whole idea was gone because you were taking, again, a photo that was on your iPhone or on your phone or on some other device, and it went away. But one of the things I wanted to mention in that, too, was the fact of the word charger. Uh, okay. The differing means, of course, it originally meant something. I'm not sure, but I know in the 60s what it meant. It meant a car. <laughs> car it meant a Dodge yeah. Charger a Dodge. car. Very good. And, Very good. Uh, then we moved along, and now it's what you plug into the wall to plug into your phone or your whatever you want to charge up. And so that word has changed. But it brings me to another subject that always comes up when people are talking to me. They always ask me about restaurants in Shreveport. Oh, yes. And we've talked about restaurants. And uh, I still haven't found some of the pictures we've been looking for uh, and some of those things. But on Highway 80, you never hear that phrase Mm -hmm. anymore. And a lot of things used to be on Highway 80, but they got displaced by... I-20. I-20, the interstate coming in. And all of Western, uh, or West End, as they called it, kind of got wiped out by the fact that uh, 
right next door was I-20 and went right by West End, and nobody drives that way anymore. Well, that and also the, the the change. I mean, you know, my father was involved in restaurant, mother, uncles and aunts and all of our, you know, Italian friends throughout the area from Sansons to Bricadas and all those particular restaurants coming up in those those eras. And it was good. It was family style cooking. It yeah. was not fast food. And, no. uh, you know, that that, you know, the, I hate to say some of those fast food chains and those uh, people from out of town that wanted to make a quick buck. Right. Not, well, no good, not great quality food. Keep you going. Nothing to remember it by, right? No, no. they all taste about the same. Oh, well, my dad I'm, uh, is, is Griff still around? My dad visited. Yeah, I remember, Griff is still I remember going. He went to the first and had a first Griff burger with me, and uh, he said, "How can anybody eat this?" I mean, <laughs> and even though it's fifteen cents, I'd rather spend a dollar, a dollar and a half to have something decent to eat with, you know, with a whole plate of stuff. But volume okay. with volume. Volume, and that was one of the things. I, as a matter of fact, when you mentioned the price. Uh, we were cleaning out an old election file, and I looked on the back side of the paper copy that came from the newspaper was an ad for a local chain that was running hamburgers for a nickel. Wow. I never knew anybody so, but it was a 15-cent 15 15 hamburger, and it was a nickel on the uh, special. But uh, one of the other things that uh, you always hear about are uh, picnics. Mm-hmm. All right. A transition of a name. Uh, the park that's beside the state museum which okay. we know is fairgrounds park right, for the most part it was actually a uh, streetcar turnaround at one time and that was actually shumpert park oh it's known in old records as shumpert park i wow. don't know if that's dr shumpert okay. i assume so yeah that probably he, he, sure he bought property around town but i bring that up because again it goes back to traffic patterns and usages of property here in town and that's only one and a half blocks from I-20 and right on the corner of Highway 80, but it's not anywhere as well used. No. And they don't show movies on the weekends like they used to <laughs> during the summer either. So, And in that area where it turned around, that's why it was like a, a gathering part. They would get out and, and rest, and while it was being turned around, they would, they would probably sit and chat for a while. That's it. And, uh, wow, those were the days. We wish we had some of those places that we could sit and relax and not be a fast-moving crowd, right? Yeah, Slow down, days. move yeah. too fast. That's, that's it. I, I love that. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Geel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country F Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep Dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Geel. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tenant Country F Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Joining me on my show is Mr. Ernie Robertson, who is a widely known memorabilia collector and history buff in our area. And we're having a lot of fun today on today's radio show. Ernie, I've got to bring you back. We're going to probably do about a, a series of these shows. That'd be great. And we, 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 we barely got like four <laughs> items down to our uh, my listing here of things that I, I want to talk about. I know you have pages. I've got like five pages of stuff. And I know I'm going to get, after this show is aired, next week I'm going to get inundated. Why don't you talk about this, Gary? Why don't you, Ernie, why don't you, Ernie talk about that? Okay, a quick one. I love typewriters back when I was in the 50s and 60s. I mean, I was 10 years old when I got my first typewriter. I don't know how early you were. I can remember the day I got my typewriter and the day that I typed with one finger a book, a little book that I made up about space. Wow. And I still have it, Ernie. You're kidding me. And I 
I typed it on paper and I colored. I got my neighbor was an artist. I, he actually did the colors and the, the rockets and landing on Mars and all this, and did it when I was ten years old. And only made one copy, one edition, one circulation. <laughs> it was that, a bestseller. That was a bestseller, yes. So and, well. And, and luckily my wife has said, we can keep that baby. But that was my first typewriter. I remembered it at 10 years old. And then, of course, uh, I was telling you all at break, I was one of the fortu- unfortunate, probably, guys that... I was surrounded by 14 ladies in my junior high class taking typing. I was the only guy taking typing. And I, love, for some reason, love typing. And I, and they said, oh, nothing will ever happen. You never need to go to typing. You know, keyboards eventually. There was no keyboards back in the 60-something. No, I, no, no. Nobody thought about keyboards no. and typing and, you know, typing. And, and, and then when you went to high school, you had a, most people said, oh, we're not going to write our thesis, our, our, what do you call it? What about the paper? Research paper. Research paper. We're going to handwrite it. Yeah. It takes forever having to rewrite that thing. Oh, right. Because it had to Remember be perfect. That? had to be perfect. Huh? And when I started, you know, typing mine perfectly, and I had everybody willing to pay me big bucks, especially football players, to, <laughs> to type their thesis report. And then when I got to college, I was even more popular. But then I got a deluxe typewriter that, you know, would really be corrected typewriter with the, all the stuff. So, again, it was, it was remarkable. Then when I went to work for Texas Eastern, when I first experienced the IBM Selected Typewriter. Wow. What an innovation. That's first that was. class. That, that was first class. And, of course, that was a first class organization. And ended up buying 2,000 of these. I, the IBM guy probably was like ka-ching, right, at two or $3,000 per typewriter. They uh, And they were very expensive. And one other thing was maintaining Maintenance those. contract. You're oh, right. They had a maintenance oh, contract for every one of them. Those right. were expensive. They were, they were definitely. Well, you know, typewriters, and like, you know, you barely have any people typing on a real typewriter anymore, right? Well, we actually still use them in our office. I know that sounds... Odd. I love uh, it. We have a completely computerized office, but when it comes to the old uh, cards, which we maintain, uh, we still type the name on the cards, uh, and sometimes, that is really well, awesome. sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad because finding somebody to actually do maintenance on a typewriter, if you want to know an obscure skill, it's kind of <laughs> like being a blacksmith or something. But uh, it, anyway, uh, he the fella came in and he had to go to every typewriter we had at that time. And go through maintenance on it. And one other thing here, my dad uh, was a pharmacist. And so he was a two-finger typer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so I wound up uh, being at the drugstore a lot. And my mother typed because she was yeah. a, a teacher. And so we had a typewriter at home. He typed all day long. And I went to typing class. And I didn't last long in typing class because they could not break me. Of two-fingering, and yes. then I went to work for a congressman, and they said, can you type? And I said, sure. And I got in there and typed letters, and I'm typing letters with two fingers, and they said, well, we'll send you to trade school if you want to learn how to type. <laughs> I said, why? I'm typing as fast as you are. You know, I mean, because it was, fast too. it's You're a like, two-finger guy. Well, that was you know? my dad. He had to type the menus out already. And he used the oh. two-finger on the big uh, non-electric typewriter, but he was good at it. And, mm-hmm. and uh, he said, hey, it's good. No mistakes. And then they start to use, I was going to say, they used the stencils. You remember that? I love the right. smell of that stencils yep. machine. Yeah, the stencils. And, and that's the way you made the copies of that mm-hmm. maybe easily. We didn't have the uh, the Xerox copy machine. No, we, we had uh, mimeographs. 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 And uh, they would, they came along, and then it evolved from there uh, to where uh, you would wind up with a copy machine. But also, uh, somewhere along in there, uh, there is Thermofax. Oh, yes. You remember yes. those uh, yeah. those things were, that was a different technology. <laughs> I never quite understood it. But we had Thermofax, and then we had copy machines that were a variation of Thermofax. And they put out a similar type document. So, uh uh, and one other thing, businesses in Shreveport, because I have some copies of them, used to make 
carbon copies. Yes. And we have some of them at the registrar's office where the correct thing to do, because you, Charles Mitchell, who was a registrar back in the 60s, uh, Mr. Mitchell was a stickler. He uh, put his uh, initials on everything that he actually signed, but he put it on the carbon copy. And I guess that was the way you were supposed to do it. That's before my time in the business world. But he would to make sure it's one. an official copy. It's an official copy. Oh, that is that is. So uh, he uh, that again, that is the way they did it back in the '60s. But by the time we get to the '90s, all that's gone because we've got a computer and we're doing word processing. Well, the the funny thing about carbon paper, I went to a national convention and I was in charge of uh, of a silent auction, and so I didn't have availability of a copy machine nearby so i happened to find some carbon paper in my in my files <laughs> dates back to 1972 the box had a tag inside that i had bought in 70 when i first got married 75 uh and it was still good and i put it on all the paper and all these people said where did you find carbon paper I said, i'm sure it's available online somewhere but i i happen to have some and i used it and it worked I mean, hey, That's we, we had the copy of the, the, the auction items all listed, who made bits, and it was perfect. So, hey, so if it still works, and it's 30-something years old, and, it, mm-hmm. and I kept it. My wife was said, why did you keep this? You never know when you might use it today in 2015, 16, whatever it was. So you never know, right? You never well, know. one other thing, too, while we're talking about things that have gone out of style, almost every estate sale in an older home is going to have a copy of Greg's shorthand book. Yes. Because everybody, or well, a lot of ladies uh, at that time, were taking shorthand and things associated with secretarial skills, and I still find them. Greg's shorthand mm-hmm. book. So. That's a very popular. I mean, and you're right. I remember my secretary... Uh, at Texas Eastern was proficient in shorthand and she would come in and uh, I would dictate to her and you know and I'm, I'm thinking to myself there's got to be a way to record this you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she Dorothy was her name and Dorothy looked at me Tom Gary no. I'm, I'm here I can take I can write it down as fast as you can talk and she was good she was good but uh, and I'm just saying she's taking her 30 minutes to do that then she goes back and read takes her shorthand and types it all up right yep. brings it back to me and I forgot what I even told her so it goes back <laughs> and, and, and she said well that's what you tell me oh, okay See, Sounds good to me. So, you know, that, you had to go back and forth. You don't remember what you said because you didn't record it. Uh, but going back to the four-track, they did have, of course, we talked about eight-track. And they, they were probably more popular. I think they were more popular oh, you know, yeah. than, than the four-track. Oh, because, yeah. Because the quality of the sound from comparing four-tracks, which everybody, if you don't know, it's the, the tracking of the, the lyrics. This is stereo times four times, isn't it? For right. the, the two channels, would right. be, and it would be on that tape. So you know, eventually one of those would be good enough to make it the sound quality. I, I, I remember going to Tech and having my eight track, and and by the way, mine was attempted to be stolen in my car. Of course, <laughs> but it, but mine was bolted in with security bolts, and they took everything else out of the car, but couldn't get that baby out of there. <laughs> and lucky that survived. They took my gear shift knob, they took uh, things out of my glove compartment, they took all the eight track tapes I had in the car. Of course, yeah. you can protect those. They had a little slot. Remember that little yep. slot to do that, but 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 also think about our. Uh, I know that you had on your Facebook page uh, television sets and the stacking. I I, can, I bet you ten thousand people out there, their parents or grandparents stacked the televisions. Absolutely, and that and they, the old television was down below. The upper television was the newer model. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes, in my aunt's uh, defense, she had two because she liked to watch two channels at the same time. As did one of our presidents during the 1960s. LBJ watched four or five 
TV uh, sets at one time because we didn't have cable. And you couldn't popular. switch real quickly. You couldn't switch. And so there would be the major channels, and then he'd have another one that was some kind of feed. And uh, I remember seeing a picture of him uh, watching them all at one time. And the other thing, too, that you still see, you will see occasionally one of those console combos where the TV's over here on one side of this huge monster over <laughs> on the floor, and on the right side is going to be the stereo. That's right. We had one of those. And, yes, we did. Uh, you know, it was, it was like a piece of furniture. And it was heavy. It was very you heavy. You want to move that they any further? They don't move. They, they don't move no. today. <laughs> They're not that popular. And it was. And sometimes they had their components all connected together. So if you ever want to repair one, it was an expensive deal. And my cousin repaired some of those with the television as well as the, the radio and the record player. And everything was all combined into a unit. But they were quite popular. Mm-hmm. I, I would say they were they were quite popular in the, the, the 60s, 70s. I don't know about 80s, but 60s and 70s, definitely. I, I remember. I remember. And came in beautiful colors and all uh, kinds of like, all, and they're all furniture. I mean, very all dec- furniture. Very, very decorative. And, you could and, get uh, one in ash, or you could get one in blonde, or whatever you wanted. Okay, but let's talk about when we, you know, we went to the three ABC, NBC, and CBS. But then we went to which my father could not understand. Why do we need to buy a new antenna to catch those weird channels, the UHF channels? And I tried to explain to him, well, that you just don't pick them up on the regular rabbit ears or the or the, the regular, you have to have another. And he says, why do they do that? And I said, I don't know. It's technology, Dad. It's technology. They want, to, they want you, don't you want to see about getting those other channels? What do they have on them? You know, I, I don't remember which, what, which was our first UHF channel in the area. It was Gosh, public, I don't remember. It was probably public broadcasting. It, yeah, I know we had public broadcasting very early, and we had uh, I we mean, had some religious channel early on. I don't remember the name of yeah, it. We didn't it have was, a lot, but I'm sure up north and other places. That, but but that was like a a new revelation that you know we were having more than three channels. And we had like, Sesame Street. I know that. And that uh, came in early. Okay. Well, we we got so many more times. You want to talk about air conditioning? Well, let's talk about air conditioning because it revolutionized our lives. It did. You know, all of a sudden we go from having, and you'll see it in old pictures, especially the great picture of the First National Bank at Milam and Market. And you look up in the windows. That building was built about the turn of the century. And, of course, all the windows are open, and they have awnings. Uh-huh. Over all the windows on a particular side of the building, and some of the some of the other windows, and you would see that all over downtown. However, by the time in uh, whenever we get to uh, Texas Eastern, fifty four ish, somewhere along in there, uh, that building was actually being built for something else, and they, I think, uh, it was actually bought by Texas Eastern out of uh, right. some problem they were having, but. Uh, that building was air conditioned, fully air conditioned, fully air conditioned, major and, power. And it player. was going to be, it was going to be an apartment building. It was going to be the Caddo Arms. Really? And yeah, that, that story. They bought that, and that was, by the way, at the time that Texas Eastern bought that, that was the last major available office space downtown in downtown Shreveport. The last available. The last available. Everything else was leased out. And we were the gas capital of the world. At yes, that time. yes, we were back so, in back in those years. And but air conditioning made all that possible. Or we would be sitting there fighting off the flies at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what anybody but just think said, of the home kind of rough with the attic fans and the the, oh. the, the fans that we had. Oh, and then we yeah. bought our first portable air conditioner. And yep. I, I remember my parents uh, putting a fan in front of the air conditioner to spread the cool air throughout the house and putting the ice bucket in front of that to add a little bit more coolness. And I mean, we we started. And then when you had like three or four in a house, you were uptown, right? You were Boy, uptown, and you were paying some uh, serious uh, charges too because they were. Were not uh, energy efficient in those days, but remember they weren't that big. No, 
to begin with. They were little bitty air conditioners, and then he had to build kind of like stilts under them to hold the bigger units, and uh, and those bigger units lasted forever, but they were exceptionally heavy. Well, Ernie, this has been exciting. I definitely we're going to have have you come back so we can chit chat about these good old days. And I mean, we haven't talked about clothing, we haven't talked about safety, healthcare, man. We could talk about safety and health, vacation travel back in the old days compared to oh, now. Yeah. I mean, our, Route 66 and Highway 80. Yes, yes, and and, um, and going from point A to point B in like 12 hours now it takes 30 minutes. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure. And, and fighting all the crowd and, and hoping and praying that you would pass the car and not be hit by the truck. That's I, it. I, I was like, I was always praying in the back seat, not wearing my seatbelt. That Dad would make that passing twelve cars before we get over there, and we'd save two seconds, right? Two seconds. Well, thank you again for joining thank us today here, here to on here. the Best of Times Radio Hour. We'll be right back with more information. But now, with our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible, you're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bear, Sunny Country S Report, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Kiel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Kiel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Join us next Saturday for a news show that could benefit you or your loved ones. Please do thank our sponsors and advertisers who support our radio show and our news magazine, The Best of Times. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the latest issue, The Best of Times, at one of our 520. 22 distribution locations. Also remember to pick up your personal copy of the 2017 Silver Pages Senior Resource Directory at one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you. I'm Gary Kaligas and wishing you the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Kiel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Kiel, K E E L, Shreveport Mosier.